welcome to Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. It's the podcast series that's uplifting and real and gives you the truth bombs that you can handle while talking parenthood. Spawned from a desire to know more while also wishing that someone who had done it all before had shared their stories. Each episode, we talk about something true and something real. This mummy here, along with my guest hosts each episode, Don't Tell Lies. So if you're a parent, want to be a parent, or just appreciate a giggle, strap yourself in for the ride and let's do it. On this episode, this is Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. I'm Chloe Jeffers, your host. And for today's show, I am speaking to someone I know very well. I have chosen to parent with this person, and not in a co-parent kind of way that we like share kids through custody, but in the whole life partner way. My husband, Matt Jeffers. Welcome, Matt. Good evening, Chloe. Well, it could be morning for someone listening, but that's okay. Good. Hello. Um, so on today's episode, we want to talk about the role that dads play and the partner plays because I know Mama Doesn't Tell Lies is often about what mums are doing and working mums and all those different things but for me it's also about the role that you play because men often get left behind. Um, I sent you a uh, you sent me an article this week which was all about working mums and how mums do it tough but you're also a part-time dad. Um, you work part-time so you can care for our child and I feel like today's show is dedicated to all of the dads out there. So let's start with the first question. So what's the one thing that you wish someone had told you before you became a parent? That's a really good question. There's probably many things. Um, one thing that struck me is that most of the things that perhaps I didn't know about or uh, wish people had told me about were happening to you were happening to Chloe, um, uh, whether that be feeding or giving birth or all the things that come with having given birth, assisted birth giving. Which we'll cover off in another episode <laughs> if you're interested in that story because that is a whole other lie that needs to, like, come out. It's a good one. Um, so and for me, I've, I've been very comfortable with kids my whole life. I've, we've looked after friends, kids, so I, I don't think there was anything that was a... Uh, drastic surprise and some really good advice some mates gave me is you'll work it out and you do as parents you know you can read books and you can speak to other people but at the end of the day you're at home with your new baby and just the two of you and the dog and you work it out it all turns out okay in the end so your experience as a dad uh, you're two and a half years into it now um, and I guess it's one of those things, as you said, that you kind of learn on the fly, but surely there's something that you kind of didn't realize that you would have to do, or you wouldn't, um, you hadn't expected that it wouldn't be so impactful in your life. Is there anything that you can think of that was extremely impactful when you first had a child or even now? Oh, well, obviously it's impactful, you know, it it, change, it turns your whole normal life upside down. Um, but you have nine months of preparing for that as well. I don't well. think that the nine months gives you enough time. <laughs> Honestly, you, you shit yourself 
when you actually get to the point where you're like, oh, my God, I've got to deliver this child. But I don't think you've actually thought it through. What, what I was getting at is in terms of preparing for, for how life changes and how your lifestyle changes, you, as, well, as you were going through your pregnancy, you know, going out and late at night and doing all this became less of our lives and it was more important to be at home and, and resting and hanging out with friends and family, um, which, you know, and I credit to you, we, you know, we had Hamish and within a couple of days we were out and about uh, fortunate we lived in an area where there were cafes and restaurants and bars and supermarkets within easy walking distance so it wasn't that much of a mission to to get out and about um let's not get too close here but you know the nine months prior you did lose your drinking buddy um yes and you did have enough time life did slow down because i was making a human and it meant that I couldn't go out partying until all hours. So you do, you're right to that extent. But so the baby arrives, we get home, you're thrust into this world. Tell me about sleep deprivation because I feel like as a mum who was working full time, who then, or not a mum, when I was working full time, I then went to working full time on raising our son and didn't have anything else I needed to do. Well, you were still working like how how did that feel yeah i i feel like um that i i can't take you know you've got to take all the credit for you know doing those really hard yards early on sure i'm waking up at night when hamish wakes up uh, hamish is our son by the way if we haven't mentioned his name um uh Yes, you were at home and able to have a sleep when he had a sleep and, and hang out and rest and I could go to work. Um, uh, sleep deprivation is is a tough one. Uh, lack of sleep is not, not good for, for people. It doesn't make you think clearly. It has... So I'm just going to preface this here that Matt is a health professional. Um, Matt works as a myotherapist and is also the business owner of a business called Well People uh wellpeople.com.au if you're interested in it um who you go out there to try and make people feel better be living their best life whether it's through helping them with their pain or their workplace situation their health and their well-being so if anyone knows the importance of sleep it's you yeah so i put sleep on the top of my my tree of things uh, my clients individually can do and people can do to aid their recovery, uh, particularly if they're, uh, I like to use the analogy, if their cup is full, they've got a lot going on in their in their lives and a baby is a lot going on in your life. Sleep is affected by that. Let's not, it just is. And there are, there are periods of time where you just have to deal with that and make it up as much as, as you can. And your rest of your lifestyle adjusts. You're tired. So you don't go out partying all night. You don't, Maybe you stop exercising for a while because you you genuinely need to rest and recuperate, particularly if you're a breastfeeding mother uh, at home. But even for a father, so you can be a um, useful uh, around around the house. And I think we had a really good uh, routine going at night. If if Hamish woke up in the night, 
uh, Chloe would get up and, and feed Hamish Boob. and we change him his, she'd get up and boob him boob and, him and burrito him and change and burrito him by wrapping him up in his swaddle because babies look like a little burrito in, in their swaddles um, change his nappy if need be or pass him off to me and change my nappy and then I would put him back to sleep so we had this good little routine going and it's tricky when um, you feel a little bit inadequate or like you can't be involved as the father if your wife or partner if you're not married is breastfeeding because you can't do that feeding Uh, do you think that if i had um elected to pump or do formula overnight do you think you would have felt more involved like is that something that you wish you had done differently because i know that you often talked about the burden of being the mum because I was the boob and uh, in a positive way, but also in a um, slightly frustrating way because you weren't able to, you know, be there to help him because we didn't give our son formula um, for a really long time until I went back to work. And that wasn't because we were anti-formula by any stretch of the imagination, but my mama jugs were full of milk and I could have fed four children with them. So um, we just kept the uh, factory going but do you think that there's you would have changed that? Do you think it might change for if we end up having baby number two? Uh, no, no, not at all. And I don't. It's not something that I, I wish would have changed or, or regret at all or anything like that. I, I think uh, it would have made me feel like I was able to help you more. Uh, particularly, you'll you'll learn there are stages where they they cluster feed and oh God help it's me. <clears throat> normal routine might be feed, burp, change a nappy sleep in the, in the early stages and you repeat that 10 times a day but you get a couple of hours here and there in between i don't i can't remember what age hamish was maybe six eight months earlier older you're looking at me funny <laughs> maybe for a whole stretch of months where he would feed and then feed and then feed and mm. then feed from 4 and p.m till 7 p.m sometimes till 10 p.m yeah for for yeah. hours on end he's a big um, boy uh, we understand that now, how much yeah. food he eats at home. And I couldn't really, without, we, we, you know, Chloe would pump if we were, if we were leaving him with someone else, but not if we were home. So as a father, you don't feel completely useless or inadequate. There is plenty you can and should be doing in that situation. But uh, I would have felt a lot more useful if I could have somehow helped mm. more in that, in that situation. So fast forward to having a two-year-old. He's much like his father in that he looks a lot like you, but in his personality, he's his mother through and through that he's so fiercely independent. I think his favourite phrase is, I do it. What has been the, the one thing that you wish you knew more about for that when we're talking about the lies and the truths and the things that other people do or don't necessarily tell you about that? Like... Tell me about that. You need Olympic level patience to to uh, effectively parent a two year old, and you are you're still winging it. Two years later, you're still winging being being a parent, and we're, we're incredibly fortunate with the support we have from our our family uh, and friends who have children and Chloe's uh, mothers group, which I know we're we're going to talk about. Um, and even for me, the dads from the mothers group, the dads group, we, we catch up as well. Um, the, the, the patience required 
for when our, our independent child wants to make his breakfast in the morning, for, for an example. You don't get taught how to, how to do that. And it goes somewhere from at the start looking after a baby and literally you're looking after it. You're keeping it warm, fed, clean, clothed. Um, somewhere along there it turns into parenting where you're having to teach and react to things that you didn't teach that they've just evolved into doing. And the great example is this morning, as Chloe said, I do it. Um, he gets the tub of yogurt out of the fridge. He gets his little box of porridge out or oats. And there's probably not a morning that goes by where we don't have to wipe 50% of the breakfast table and get out the broom to sweep up all the oats off the floor. Um, you can laugh about it, but at the time it's pretty frustrating <laughs> when you're trying to get your own breakfast ready and get ready for work and out the door in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly a test for patience and tolerance, being the parent of a two-year-old. And um, for those of you that have empathy towards that, um, God help us because everyone says the three-nager is worse. The three-nager. I'm looking forward to that stage, but I'm hoping that maybe because our kid seems to be so fiercely independent, by then he'll be able to just, like, send himself off to creche and get his own breakfast. Make and his breakfast. Make his yeah. own breakfast and off he goes. And so. the thing that we have, like, we have one child. You know, he's two and a half and he's great. So, you know, well done to those of you who have more than one child. Uh you know, you know. I, I think you. Uh, we we will have another child. Uh, we're Hopefully. not in a rush to to do that, but um, I can't imagine at the moment. I know there's plenty of you doing it. Uh, having a, a newborn or another young baby, um, in amongst uh, whirlwind Hamish. There is going to be an episode on multiple births and multiple kids uh, in the future for Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. I've got a great friend who has twins that um, twins were meant to be the first step of her parenting journey and she's decided that it is the last step of her parenting journey. And another great girl I went to school with, um, if she's listening, Rachel, she's an absolute superhero. She's got four boys under five, I think it is. Um... And that just blows my mind because I just, I can't even fathom the thought of having more than one Hamish right now. Um, but I guess in closing, because we don't want to make these episodes too long, if there was one thing, we'll go back to the start, if there was one thing that you could tell other dads, so that at the start of the episode we talked about what do you wish you'd been told, if there's one thing that you could tell other dads, what would it be? Uh, I think there's a couple of things. I think be be prepared for uh, everything and anything that, that comes out, you know, sometimes literally that comes out. Um, you, you get used to nappies. Sure, I'd, I'll be happy when I don't have to change them anymore, but nappies are fine. They're just poo. We all do it. Um, someone, uh, a friend of mine gave you some great advice. He said the days are long, but the weeks and months go very short. I and think he's not the only one that said that. Uh, well, I heard that from one, from one particular friend, and that stuck with me. Um, and be flexible and be adaptable. Just things are going to constantly change. You get into one routine, you get into one habit, whether it's a sleeping habit, a feeding habit, and the next day it changes. And you just have to roll with the, roll with the punches and sometimes literally the punches when you've got a two-year-old. Yeah, um, we've copped a lot of bites, and I think the, the, the phase at the moment is 
the where the wild things are phase where he decides to read that three or four times a day. Yeah, yeah, we have our own little wild thing. Um, yeah, the, the advice is that you'll, you, you will work it out. Everyone will be okay. Uh, ask for help if you need it, whether that be your partner, your friends, your family, uh, a professional if, you, if, if necessary. Um, and, and certainly don't be you know, ashamed or, or feel uncomfortable doing that and enjoy it. Uh, everyone says that they, you know, oh, they, I wish I had babies again or, you know, and it doesn't feel like that long ago that we had a, a newborn wrapped up in his burrito in his, mm. in his cot and now we've got a two-year-old making his own breakfast. Mm. Well, we will wrap things up there. Thank you, Matt Jeffers, for coming on to Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. It's been an interesting conversation and uh, we will be having more episodes soon where we'll be talking about the birthing experience and, of course, how to do it on your own. We've got a few people who have become parents um, by choice on their own and maybe not by choice as well. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Mama Doesn't Tell Lies, the podcast sharing nothing but realness about parenting and kiddlywinks. Produced and hosted by me, Chloe Jeffers. Audio editing and production by Alice Miller. True stories by those willing to share.